Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 71 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon's going to join me because we're bringing on one of his friends, Blanche Holt, triathlete. Brandon connected with Blanche at the triathlon he competed in back in October of 2016. We just, we loved her story, so we brought her on board. And you may not be interested in running a triathlon or just running, period. However, there are lessons about mindsets around success, about perseverance, and and Blanche just tells it in her own unique way. So here we go, Blanche Holt talking about triathlons and perseverance and mindsets and working out and all that good stuff. Here we go. Brandon, hey, how are you doing? And uh, by the way, these are awesome shirts. We got new rudder shirts, man. Yeah. These are cool. They got a little. They, they say rudder on it, and if you're wondering what the heck is a rudder, that's you. If you listen to this show on a regular basis, you're a rudder. You're somebody who's striving to get out of the rut. Brandon, it's not just going to be you and I chatting with each other, so why don't you Absolutely. go ahead and tell us who is on with us right now. Well, I have I've finally gotten, I know it's been a little bit hard over the last couple of weeks, but we have finally gotten Blanche Holt on the, the line to hang out with us today. And uh, Blanche is just incredible triathlete. She's the former president of the Triathlon Association here in Corpus, the Triathlon Club. And I met her doing my first triathlon, but I met her before that because we go to church together. But we finally got to talk a little bit at my first triathlon. And so that was cool. We've uh, started a, a really great friendship and she's challenging me and so I wanted to have her on. Welcome, Blanche. We're thrilled to death to have you. Um, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yay! All right. So don't worry, you're not live on the radio or anything. So we, <laughs> we oh, can, that's great. We <laughs> can mess up all we want, and we can just cut it out later, or I'll say I'll cut it out later, and it winds up in the final cut. <laughs> in a blooper reel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've done that to a few folks. Not uh, anyway. Yeah. So uh, we love to kick off every episode, Blanche, with an icebreaker. So this is a new game we've been playing for the past month or so, and I call the game Six Degrees of Separation: Fact or Fiction. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to tell us within six people how you're connected to that person, that celebrity, and then we're going to turn it on Brandon and see if what you just told us is fact. Or fiction. So you can make something up or you can tell us the truth. Either way, Brandon's got a guess, fact or fiction. You ready? All right, let's go for it. All right. So six degrees of separation. Tell us how are you connected with Renee Zellweger? Because Brandon's a huge fan and we're trying to get her onto the show. Well, that is a great question. That's so funny that you would say that about her of all people. I mean, you could have chose anybody, but I actually met her in a casino in Vegas. And we were playing at the slot machines next to each other. And I got to talking with her. And that was back when she was going through a divorce with Kenny Chesney. I just happened to be in Vegas at that time. That's like so weird. You just asked me that. That totally sounds believable. I would believe that Blanche would do that. So you're saying fact. Yes. All right. Brandon says fact. Is it fact or fiction, Blanche? 
I am such a good performer, aren't I? <laughs> I was like, when you brought up Kenny Chesney, I was like, well, wait a minute. Hey, I, I know my news. I, I'm sure I know my news. Kenny wasn't there in the story. so Yeah, that, that <laughs> should have been a good clue. But I was like, wow, that sounds pretty believable. Yeah, I was really hoping she'd say fact as well, because then I would, I, my next question would obviously be, well, do you have her name, her yeah, number? number? I mean, your net, not her name, but her number. <laughs> Uh, or her email address, Twitter handle, whatever. We, we gotta get her on the show. Say, so, okay. Man, that's twice. That good. That's, wow. that's two guests that like had me going. And it turned so, out so like, bit. can y'all like, like give me some kind of, you know, recommendation for Hollywood now since you've seen how great my acting is right, besides my triathlete? I'm no. telling you, if you want to get in touch <laughs> with Blanche to do some acting gigs, just give us a call. Go to beyondtherut.com. We will we will put you in touch with her. Yes, and I'm sure somebody Thank in Austin you. listens to this show, and that's like the Hollywood of Texas. That's true. So, I think Renee is up in Austin go. a lot, oh, too. That, shoot. That, there's quite a crowd. Matthew McConaughey and all those guys are hanging around in the so Austin area. So. You're thinking, that's I'm right. thinking. Our six degrees of separation from Renee is a listener. Hey, there you go. Mm-hmm. Somebody give us a call. <laughs> All right. And, and Blanche, just so you know, uh, Brandon, I got him to confess on one of our episodes that his favorite uh, Renee Zellweger movie was Bridget Jones's Diary. Uh, now, oh, yeah. Truth be known, that was the only movie of hers he knew of at the time. <laughs> I forgot about the, Jerry uh, Maguire. Jerry Maguire. And as soon as I said that, he was like, yeah, 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 that's mine. That's mine. I'm like, whatever. No, you already said Bridget Jones' diary. Show me the money. And, uh, and what brought it up in the first place was when Bridget Jones' baby, that movie came out, Brandon asked me if I was going to see it. And I just looked at him. I thought, so this is where we are. We're, we're talking rom-coms together. Yeah. That's, that's the nature of our show now. <laughs> well, we record on Thursday night so we can go out on Friday nights. <laughs> And since I'm confessing, I, I'm actually a fan of Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Yeah. We all know okay. that's a little. I, I find it fascinating that she has, you know, he's like, this is his, I guess, flame, as you could say, but it's the same name as his wife. I know. It I makes find it much easier. Yeah. So the, if I say, you know, Renee is just unbelievable, nobody really knows which there one I'm go. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blanche, thanks for joining us. I know that, uh, Back in October, uh, we were in triathlon together out in uh, Portland, Texas. And and when I say together, we were uh, at the early stages of check-in together. After that, you totally were someplace else. You never saw her again. again, uh, (laughs) Because Blanche and I finished at different positions in this triathlon. Let's let's put it that way. We finished at the same place, just nowhere near the same time. But that's okay because it was my first uh, triathlon, and I we did a, a podcast on it. And I was explaining how I did not know this until that morning. Triathletes are some of the best people I've ever met. They are so uh, helpful and biting. They. I, I clearly look like an outsider, didn't have the right bike, didn't have the right equipment and stuff like that. Never felt like that, though. They all treated me incredible. And um, Blanche actually sings in our worship team uh, at our church. She's incredible at that. She's incredible at a lot of things. You're going to find out about her. But she was also the president of the triathlon club here in Corpus until just recently. And I think you said your two-year term was up. So now we have a new president. Tell us a little yeah. bit about how you got involved in triathlon triathlons as a whole. Um, well, it, it's really kind of funny because I've been running for about 20, probably 27 years. And probably started cycling back in about 2008 and um, I've surfed 
And I always considered myself a very strong swimmer, not necessarily a fast swimmer. But, um, you know, being a surfer, you have to know how to swim when you get those under toes and, you know, sucked under <laughs> on waves and things like that. And Definitely helps. <laughs> um, even, yeah. And even as a kid, I swam all the time, but never like competitive or, you know, lap after lap, not that kind of swimming. And so um, I never really thought about doing triathlons because I never thought of myself as being a very good swimmer to where... I mean, I'm a good, I'm a strong swimmer. I'm not a fast swimmer. Right. So I never saw myself as being a triathlete because I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm great at running. I'm great at biking, but I'm just, my time in swimming is not going to be good. I'll be like the last one out of the pool. Right. And um, <laughs> I actually had some people tell me, you know what, if that's your weakest link in the triathlon, then that's a really great place to be because you can make your time up on the bike. You can make your time up on the run, but you will never make your time up swimming. Swimming right. is like where you want to be slow at. If you've got to be slow in one of the three, swimming is where you should be slow at. So you've got it made because you're so fast at biking and swimming. There you go. And um, I was entering a lot of duathlons at the time, and I was, you know, I had no desire to swim. I just didn't want to do it. And I was in a duathlon. It's now, a what exactly small- is a duathlon? Okay, a duathlon is a run, bike, run. So the swim is taken out. And there's a local one that's done every year. Um, Clint Miracle puts it on. He's with the CC Roadrunners. And um, it's out on the island at uh, Briscoe's Pavilion. Wow. And um, it's like everybody's favorite. Everybody's a winner. Everybody gets a um, really cool do-it-again. It's called the do-it-again. That's the name of it. Awesome. They get a do-it-again glass. And when you when you cross the finish line, you get the glass, and you get to go fill it up with the beverage of your choice, whether it be um, beer or whether it would be a soft drink or whatever. And you get to keep the glass. So I've got uh-huh. like probably seven glasses because I've been here <laughs> for like the last seven years because I love duathlons because I can run and bike really well, yeah. and there's no swim. <laughs> so um, I was in the duathlon about two. It was I think the last one I did was two years ago. And the former president at that time, um, which was Chris Nelson, I had seen or I had heard also they were talking about they were taking nominations for the different offices and they had no nomination for president. <laughs> and so that's a race I, I can win. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I texted him that week and I was like, so how much time is this going to take and what exactly is going to be required if I say, I will do this. And so he kind of explained it to me. And um, he's like, you know, I won't leave you hanging. I'll, I'll help you along the way. And, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't do a lot of triathlons. I've done some, but duathlon is my thing. Running is my thing. Marathons, that's my thing. You know, cycling, time trials, that's my thing. Triathlon is what I do the least of at the time. And he's, you know, he said, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're good at organization, all these things he listed, I'm like checking it off. Yeah, I could, I'm good at that. I'm good at that, you know. So needless to say, I went ahead and said, okay, I will do it. Um, became the president, started entering a whole lot more triathlons than I ever had, <laughs> and still was really bad at the swim, really slow. Um, but I was just winning like crazy because I was really fast at the bike and I was really fast at the run. And 
I really just started to like it, even though I hated the swim so much. So it became another one of my favorite sports besides just cycling and running. I think that's that's what's so great about your story, though, is you took some, you were really good at two aspects of it, but you added a side of it that you weren't good at, but you challenged yourself with that. And that's one of the things that everyone has to get at some point in your life. You have to add something that challenges you because you were winning these other races fairly easily. I mean, easily in your sense of the word, but uh, you had to throw something else in there to challenge yourself. And I think that's where you really turned and became an actual triathlete. Right, right. That That's very true. And, you know, it's, um, it's kind of, it, it's kind of funny. They're kind of, became a joke about it because I was so horrible at the swim that everybody was out of the water before me. (laughs) And so people that are on the bike, all they're thinking, you know, they're like, okay, my, my mental, you know, psychology right here is don't let Blanche pass me because I know she's coming. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. And so it kind of, that's where you want to be is in your opponent's head. Oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pass you. (laughs) So yeah, it kind of became more of a a psychological challenge for me. And um, it it just kind of became a game, you just locally. But then when I was out, you know, in other parts of the state, um, I was with people who had no idea who I was. So it was, it was still kind of fun because, then it was me that was thinking, now I've got to go catch up with that person and pass them because right. they came out of the water so much faster than me. And so, um, yeah, it, it, either way, it was psychologically challenging. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. And I think now that the physical aspect of it, especially for you, you've, you've mastered the physical part of it. For you, it's all psychological now because you've, you've won so many and around the state and around the country that now you have to challenge yourself mentally. How do you get up for a race now? That you, I mean, what was funny about you too is when we sat down at the end of the triathlon here in, in Corpus, uh, we were, they were doing the awards and I jokingly said, I wonder if I won something. And I, I, I knew that, you know, if I won something, obviously everybody won something. And then I said, well, I wonder who won. And you go, Oh, well, I did, but you didn't say it like you were bragging. You were just like, well, I mean, that's what I set out to do. So of course I did it. And so how do you, mentally get prepared for a race now knowing that uh how much of a challenge it is for you but you may not know who else you're competing against yeah that's um a really good question because i'm so competitive <laughs> um my my friends can tell you i really hesitate on entering a lot of races i'll end up doing it but i do <laughs> hesitate because i'm i'm so competitive it's like 
I'm sorry, first in my age group isn't good enough anymore. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I want that overall. That's what I've been getting. And anything less than that, I, I feel like I didn't do my best, even though that's kind of dumb because sometimes you do do your best and you still, there's someone going to be faster than you. Right. So, um, I, I don't know if I had told you this or not, but I know I was speaking with somebody and telling, I think I did tell you this at that last triathlon that, um, during the races, it's such a mental game and it's a lot of conversations with Jesus. Absolutely. And that's what prepares me, <laughs> honestly. And all through the entire thing. I mean, that's like, it, it's more than church time, honestly. Right. <laughs> What are some of the ups and downs your mind goes through as you're preparing for that race and going through that race? Um, I would say my ups are whether I, I've kind of learned whether I win the big win or not. I always end up meeting up with somebody or people that are inspiring, usually in the fact that it's their first, like, okay, perfect example, Pastor Brandon. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing this guy walk in transition after I have set up and I'm looking at him like, I know that dude. And I'm looking at him and I walk up like, Hey dude, you do triathlon? He goes, uh, I do now. I do today. And I'm like, Check with me okay. in a few hours. He goes, this is my first one. And I'm like, awesome. So you're doing the newbie. Oh no, I'm doing the full thing. I was like, wow. Okay. That's inspiring. Brandon so, was like yeah, Spicoli from Fast Times. <laughs> That, that, that's just like a perfect example. That's my up. Meeting people that they're going for the whole thing and they've never even done a triathlon before. That, that's courage to me. That's like guts and just like I, it's awesomeness. That's my word for it, awesomeness. It's a fine so line between guts up. and insanity, I would say. <laughs> that's true. Insanity goes with that, yes. <laughs> but a good insanity. Yeah. And um, my down... Uh, my down for me would probably be that I, I'm just, I take it so seriously. I think sometimes I'm just too hard on myself and I'm hoping that I'm old, but as I get even older, (laughs) I'm hoping that it just becomes fun and not so competitive, but I'm still in that such competitive mode right now. And and you told me something too about, uh, the age thing, because, uh, you know, I'm 47 and, and you said, well, remember, that's when people start doing this. So that late 40s crowd is oh, really wow. the best crowd. That's the most competitive. Oh, my gosh. Those yes. people take especially it seriously. In, yeah, especially in the men. Um, actually, our new president for the triathlon club, he's an amazing triathlete and he's in that age group. And we're talking somebody who finishes with a time of a pro. And still sometimes can't even get third in his age group. That's how competitive that age group is. Yeah. Wow. I should have started 20 years ago. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Could have got a couple of wins by now. (laughs) Hey, but, but, but once you hit the 50 mark, you're good to go because it doesn't get as competitive then. Hey, there you go. Well, you also told me something else about uh, that morning. You said, you know, you, you remember you're only competing against yourself. There's nobody else is worried about you. Nobody else is, you know, thinking about you. You've got to beat yourself and not yeah. quit. And, and I know that for me, and I'd mentioned earlier, you know, I was on the wrong bike. I, I did this on a mountain bike. Totally don't recommend anybody do that. I've got a better bike now, but 
I was so, uh, my spirit was so low on that bike because I, I was a strong swimmer and I thought, yeah, I, I had a really good swim time. I knew I could run. That would be a piece of cake, but the bike just almost killed me. And so I was out there by myself. It was foggy. I was getting kind of down and I just kept thinking about, you know, I'm competing with myself. Quit worrying about everybody else and just go as hard as you can. And I ended up passing a couple of guys running, but not biking. And, and that is essentially what this podcast especially is all about but i think the way people should live their life you're competing with yourself most people are not paying attention to you can you beat your mental uh defeat your mind wanting to tell you to stop and quit and we talked a little bit about uh before we started uh recording about what what does it take for you sometimes you wake up and you're just like you know i know recently you had a a crash on your bike that was really really serious and then you got a, a sinus infection so what does it take for you now to get up and and just work out and get in that mode of I've got to still compete? Um, well, I think the most, the most important thing is just my love for the sport, my love for, um, biking more than anything. If I had to pick one thing I love out of all three of the run, bike and swim, it would be the biking. So, um, I think it would just be my love for the sport. It, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of my outlet and, um, you know, when, when you get older and your joints start hurting, <laughs> um, you just can't take the impound of the run sometimes. And like I said, I hate the swim so much, so that's <laughs> definitely not my outlet, but biking, it doesn't take any impact, you know, right. it's all muscle. It's all, you know, your, your core and your, your strength and your, your muscle and your legs and your endurance. Um, all those things. And so for me, um, that's my outlet. And, you know, even though I crashed it, a lot of people, you know, in different things that they may have an accident with, whether it's riding a bike, riding a horse, um, surfing, whatever, you know, the sport is, um, getting back out there as quick as you can and doing it again. If it's something that you love, I think it's really important because the longer you wait, you're more likely not to because you let that fear right. set in. And that did happen to me back in 2012. Um, I got in a crash. Um, I was by myself and it was actually a dog that oh, crashed wow. me. Yeah. I just, he was running and chasing me. I was running out to the river and he just jumped. I mean, he's riding alongside of me, just running, barking. And the stupid thing just decides to cut right in front of my bike. Like, <laughs> wow. I've never seen an animal do this. Like, don't you know I'm going to run over you if you do this? And I went flipping over him. Oh. And I um, I was just, when I came to and people were all around me, I'm thinking, and luckily, I wasn't hurt bad at all, just some road rash and no broken bones. And I'm thinking, you know, I've got a family. I've got all these kids at home. I've got my <laughs> husband. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, this is stupid. I'm not going to do this anymore. You know? And I put my bike up. I did. I put my wow. bike up and, um, it took me a couple of years before my husband finally said, you know what? He just said one day, you need to get back out there on the bike. It was like the best stress relief for you. And you are wound up tighter than a yo-yo. Wow. Um, yeah, he made a deal with me and, um, he said, you know, get back into it, stick with it. Um, we'll get you the bike you want. And so a few months later I did, I got my dream bike and I've just been riding hard ever since. Um, it's funny that you have a wreck that's not that bad. 
but mentally it hurt you worse than this recent wreck that was much worse physically. Yeah, yeah. And I thought about that. I, you know, I really had done a lot of thinking about that, how um, that, that wreck originally um, back a few years ago was not nearly as bad as this recent one. And yet that one kept me from wanting to do this again. And this one that was so bad, I couldn't wait to get back on my bike. Which you did if how I'm, much longer? A week before you um, It in? took two weeks before I could <laughs> go back to teaching my spin classes, which is on a yeah. stationary bike. And I was on crutches still. But, oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Once I got on the bike, getting on was really hard. But once I got on, I could pedal. Right. So I just didn't put as much tension and gears on the bike um, teaching as I normally would until I got stronger. And I had a giant, Brandon can tell you, I had this giant hematoma on the left side of my leg. Yeah. I mean, it was huge. And it's, I mean, it's Ugh. still there, but it's gone down tremendously and it's draining well and it's looking really, really good compared to what it was. Um, and actually, I thought this happened the first weekend of November and so last weekend, I thought, I'm doing so good. I'm feeling so good. The weather feels great outside. It was last Saturday, but it was too right. cold for me to ride. So about 10 o'clock, I thought, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to get my run. I'm going to start running again. <laughs> and no, I don't think so. I got about three quarters of a mile and I felt like I was injured all over oh, again. And I limped home oh. and all last week I was limping and limping and limping and I'm just now starting to feel good again. So yeah, it's, wow. it, I think I need to heal a little longer <laughs> before I run, but biking I can do. Going back to that first wreck that you were in though, I, I, it made me think about how many people run into that first snag when they're, they're pursuing their dream, they're pursuing something they love. They hit that first snag and that's it. They never get back on the bike right. again. They never get back in the saddle. They never yeah. pursue that dream again. And, and here's a case where you got past that and now you went through an even bigger wreck later on and it's not going to stop you because you've gotten past that first hurdle, that, that right. first snag. And it's important, too, to yeah. remember that you had your husband that encouraged you to do it again. Whenever you're doing anything, really, you need a cheerleader. You need oh, somebody yeah. that goes, you know, I know that I know it hurt. I know that, you know, we said maybe take a break, but it's time for you to get back into it because you, you see that he saw that gift in you and said, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's yeah, that's that's kind of funny because I remember um when I got back on, I guess it was the second week after my crash in November, um, I was really hesitant. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, the first the first ride I did um was with um a group called TLC and I called up a couple of my friends that were really fast riders. I said, Hey, let's do this TLC, you know, ride route because there's no railroad tracks <laughs> because I crashed on the railroad track. Yep. <laughs> so um, it was not so bad, but the second ride I did, there were some railroad tracks and oh. that was the following weekend. And I got to tell you, I was, I was pretty cautious and, and pretty nervous and I was trying I not bet. to be. And it's so funny because Everyone in the group, as we're doing the railroad tracks, they kind of just look at me. <laughs> it's like, what's she <laughs> and doing? I, I felt kind of awkward because I, I could tell they're just like, okay, are you all right? <laughs> but I, I do find myself still slowing down just a little bit, even though I know that I've gone over these railroad tracks a hundred times and I'm going to be fine. It was a particular right. set of tracks in another city in the state 
that are not like any tracks that we have anywhere around here. They almost run parallel with the road, and it's almost impossible to ride a bike over them. However, I didn't know those tracks were coming up because there's no warning sign. It's around a curve, and when you're flying, it's too late to stop at that point because the visibility of them just isn't there. So, um, you know, it's kind of funny. It's the mentality. Even though I know these are tracks I've gone over all my life here in town, now I'm still hesitant over railroad tracks. <laughs> now, <to put laughs> maybe that'll pers- go away after a few more rides. <laughs> there you go. Put in perspective, though, whenever we say, you know, you crashed a bike, some of us think, well, when I was 10, I had a crash on a bike. It wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> now, you're on yeah. you're on a street that you don't know very well. It's it's raining, or not raining, but it was sprinkling. It's and sprinkling, and you're, yeah. you're going about how fast? Um. Actually, we had just slowed down a little bit because we were practicing. The next day, we were supposed to be in a team time trial competition. It was me and my partner, Jeff. And so we were practicing. It was a Saturday morning up in Green, Texas. And we were practicing. The weather was a little chilly and it was a little sprinkly. And so I just had turned back and looked. And he had dropped about 20 yards because we were probably going about 30 miles an hour at that (laughs) point. So I had just started to ease off. Because I looked back and saw that he had dropped, and when I turned back around, the tracks were right there. So I was probably at 28 when I hit them. Wow. <laughs> and it literally just took my wheel in and catapulted me into the highway. It's like he knew and, something um, was coming that you didn't, huh? <laughs> I had no idea. There was not a sign. I mean, it happened so fast. And, you know, I mean, most times when you crash, you're going to go either clean, you're going to slide and get this horrible road rash. Right. Um, for me... What happened, I didn't really get the road rash so much as it catapulted me. Thank God the car that was coming down the highway was far enough behind that they could stop without running over me. I got catapulted into the highway. But when it happened so fast that once I catapulted, hit the ground or hit the asphalt, and my wheel came out of the track, it had yanked my my left leg. Um, so that's I I hit on my left side. So my left leg, my foot never unclipped from my pedals, and my my right leg did. So my left leg is on the asphalt, taking the brunt of everything. And so as it released out of the railroad track, it had yanked my leg from my pelvis. And oh. once it released, yeah, once it released, my leg went back in. So I have all these rips <laughs> in my inner thigh on my left side, which is why I still can't run. We're going to have to put <laughs> an explicit warning on this podcast. on the outer part of my thigh and hip. But miraculously, I mean, the ambulance came and I, I was just like, you know, before the ambulance got there, I'm telling people that are something, don't move me, don't move me. I thought everything on my left side was broke. That's how it felt. Oh, um, yeah. Miraculously, when they did the x-rays at the hospital, there was nothing broken. I was just, it was crazy. And you were teaching a spin um, class, what, two weeks later? Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, I'm still about a week and a half later. Yeah, half oh my later. gosh. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to kind of recap the actual race because most normal people are thinking you crash on a bike, you're going 10, maybe even 15 miles an hour. You were going slow at 28 miles an hour. That's, that's a whole <laughs> different ball game because you're, you're yeah, on a racing bike and all of that. So, and then you also yeah. wear this really strange thing on your head that I don't personally wear, but I know a lot of people do Those called things, a helmet or yeah. something. I got to tell you, <laughs> she got so Brandon, mad at me not, when I told her I'm, I didn't I'm wear such an advocate for helmets because my after I ca- catapulted onto my left hip, which had the big mm. hematoma, 
my head hit the ground so hard twice, bang, bang, down the highway, that had I not had that helmet on, I would either probably be dead or brain injured or, I mean, it would probably be really ugly. I mean, I can't even tell you how hard it hit. Like, I was so afraid I had maybe injured my neck or broke something back there. And the first lady that that came running up to me, of course, she was a nurse, took my my shoes off and was doing the whole, can you feel, you know, your feet? Can you feel me touching you? Which I could. So she knew there wasn't a spinal injury or anything. Um, but just a funny story. Um, well, not really funny, like funny, but funny, strange. <laughs> <clears throat> I got to tell you, just being a Christian, every time before I get on my bike for my rides, I either when I'm on the bike, right as I'm taking off, usually that's the most times that I, I just start to do my little prayer um, and maybe I just do like a, this five minute time, you know, with Jesus and, um, just blessing me to have a safe ride and everything. And that morning, everything was kind of a disarray because we started, we were going to do this one route then no, well, let's do this other route. We really didn't have things planned out. Um, just like nothing, it wasn't like a normal day. Nothing was planned. Things weren't going right. Our minds were elsewhere. And it was the only time I've ever gotten on my bike and not done my little prayer thing. Oh. I, I literally had totally just forgotten. I mean, with all the distraction that was going on. And go. Lord and behold, I crashed. So I, I just had to throw that in there because, I mean, that to me was really significant. <laughs> and I've thought about that so much every day um, since this has happened. Prayer saves lives. There I mean, <laughs> and, and I know. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> and helmets. <laughs> you're, I was going to say, and Blaine, just get me a helmet. I have to start wearing And a not hitting now, cars but, you as know, you fly in the air. Things. The other thing that, that I found fascinating about that is on Facebook, one of your posts, and you're laying in a hospital bed or something. I don't remember if you're in the hospital bed or you were still on the stretcher, but I remember you said something about you didn't know if you would be able to compete the next day. Oh my yeah. gosh. And I mean, literally, I'm <laughs> no, sitting no, no, there thinking, funnier, you've got no chance that. of competing next, it the next day. It's funnier than that. I am in the emergency room, and my husband and my team time trial partner are talking politics while I'm waiting for my x-rays <laughs> to come back. And so when the nurse finally comes back and the doctor comes back and they tell me that there's no broken bones, I'm like, oh, so then I can compete tomorrow. <laughs> And they look at each other and they look at my time trial partner and they're like, yeah, sure, if you feel like it. And they said it like really sarcastically, but I'm thinking, what's wrong with y'all? I'm fine. I have no broken bones. <laughs> Give and me my so shoes. They, I'm ready. They, they re- yeah, they release me and I get up and I start to walk from the bed to the little door right there in my room. And I said, um... Yeah, I think I'm going to need those crutches y'all were talking that I might need. Yeah, I'm going to need those. And then once I get the crutches, it's like all downhill from there. I was like, oh, wow. Like my adrenaline, it had all worn off. And let me tell you, I was in a world of hurt. By about 30 minutes later, when we got back to where we were staying, I couldn't even handle myself on the crutches. It was too painful to even walk on the crutches. It was really, really bad after that. But it's so funny. Yeah, the adrenaline just had me thinking I could still maybe compete tomorrow. 
Well, I remember seeing no. that that morning and I thought, okay, either all of this is completely made up because based on the pictures, the ambulance and the number of people standing around her, she seems to be the only one that thinks she's competing tomorrow <laughs> or this picture That's is just me. completely out of, out of scope here. These are somebody else's accident pictures. <laughs> well, welcome thinking. to my okay. world. Welcome to my brain and world, Brandon. <laughs> I thought um, that's, co- that's competitive nature right there. It's oh, like yeah. A, if I can I'm get all these you. ambulances out of the way, I'm still going to compete. Well, it's like, like the oh. combination. Even like- even my time trial partner and my husband were making fun of me. They were they were, <laughs> they were both sitting there going, "Yeah, you're like really crazy if you think you're going to be able to ride tomorrow." I'm like, "Oh no, no, I don't have any broken bones." They said, "I don't have any broken bones." I haven't gotten up yet. Okay, <laughs> yeah. That's it. I love it. And my husband, my husband is in the medical field his entire life, and he's just mm-hmm. looking at me going, "As soon as that adrenaline wears off, <laughs> you're going to realize you can't compete tomorrow." And I hate to say it, but he was right. <laughs> it's like, you're going to be lucky if you walk out of here, much less compete anywhere exactly. tomorrow. But. Now, recently yeah. they featured you on the Ben magazine. And, and tell us a little bit about that, uh, of being in, it's a local magazine, but it's a really big magazine, an important magazine. And they did a great photo shoot of you and told your story. Before that accident. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was all before the accident, yes. Yeah, it was. It was back in August. Um it was really funny because, yeah, I got a phone call about um, doing an interview for the magazine. So I was like, yeah, sure. And um, they were just pretty much asking a lot of the questions you guys were asking, um, how I got started in the triathlons, how I got started just basically doing any kind of um, running, biking, or swimming, period, um, which it all started with running and um, instructing at the gym, which I'm going on my about my 28th year teaching at the Corpus Christi Athletic Club. And so um, they did a big article about that and um, were asking about the competitions that I was in and, you know, all my wins and um, my one big, big win in 2016 that actually qualified me for nationals, which I didn't get to go to <laughs> because it was in Nebraska. <laughs> oh. That's really cool. So now you're you're no longer president of the club. So you're you're just an average athlete out there getting to compete and stuff. Average, not, not average in any sense. <laughs> well, of the word, but, you know. yeah, I am, but actually, I am still on the board. I I continue. I took over the membership, so ah, okay. Um, I'm still on the board. I'm just not as tied up as I would be if I was still president. So it takes a lot more time. And so if, if people want to really see if they can compete with you, one of the best ways is to just go join the athletic club, get in your spin class and see if they can keep up with you. You know, <laughs> I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. A lot of people, I hear so many people talk about, I'm not going to go to cycling classes. Those are stupid. I'm not going to get on a bike and go nowhere. <laughs> That's just boring. That's just dumb. But I've never said honestly, that. <laughs> But it honestly makes you stronger. And that, you know, whether it's a a bike at a gym or whether you have a trainer at home to put your bike on, it is a really good training tool. Um, If you have some sort of monitor that's showing your RPMs and your watts because that's what you want to use to train, it's a really good training tool. Right. And you cannot crash in spin class. You're not going to run you on know, railroad tracks. You don't have to wear a helmet either. There's a way. Is, There's a way. Is, that, well, <laughs> I'll you know, find a way. We could find a way to fall <laughs> off that bike. <laughs> I guess if you didn't secure your handlebars you and your up 
standing <laughs> and climbing, you could maybe flip over the handlebars at possible, maybe. I don't know. Jerry would get hurt doing I, it. I'd find a way. Yeah, I'd, I'd lean too far to the right thinking I was making a turn. I don't know, something. <laughs> now, now, if you're training at home on a trainer and you choose, um, instead of a stationary trainer, you choose to use the rollers, you definitely are going to crash. Right. <laughs> that, that is so hard, let me tell you. I, I still don't have that one mastered. That's a tough one. I heard that whenever I was training for the triathlon. I, I was trying to find different ways to do it, and I watched a few videos, and, and that was a, a pretty big consensus was that that's really hard to do at home on the rollers. It is. And I thought, well, okay, I'm not anywhere near there yet, so I won't even try that. It, it reminds me of, remember that clip from the Jetsons and Astra running on the treadmill? Right. That's what it reminds me of, but way worse. Right, exactly. Exactly. And then you tear up your house, your bike, your head and everything. So yeah. probably not a good idea. No road rash, but probably worse hematomas. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks, Blanche. Thanks for coming on and just telling your story and, and letting people know about the uh, the club and then all the things that you've done. Now, if somebody wants to join the club or at least find out more information about the traffic club, what's the website that they need to go to? Um, super simple. The same order that you do your triathlon, a swim, bike, and run. So it's swim, bike, run, CC for Corpus Christi, CC.com, swim, bike, run, CC.com. There you go. It doesn't get much easier than that. And they can join that. And there's, there's an annual fee, but what all do you get with that membership? What, what, what's the main benefit of being in the triathlon club, which I'm a member um, of, by the way. Yeah. We have monthly meetings at our meetings. You get, um, you get two tickets, so you get um, two free drinks of your choice. You um, get apparel throughout the year. You get 50% off of your triathlon kit, which is the customized kit that we um, usually wear at our triathlon events. We have several different uh, parties throughout the year for occasions. We have what's called uh, bricks and brunch or bricks and breakfast which is like a big training. And then we have breakfast afterwards, usually hosted at somebody's house. And we'll usually have that um, so many times per year. The big Christmas party at the end of the year, which is always a really big hit. Um, and every meeting you have uh, chances to win fabulous door prizes, um, really, really nice door prizes. Like awesome. we're talking $100 door prizes. <laughs> cool. And yeah, really nice stuff. And then um, besides the Christmas party at the end of the year, there's discounts at various vendors in town. So you just present your membership card. At, um, it has a list of the vendors that um, acknowledge us, and they'll give you a discount on your purchases. So you do get a lot for your $36 um, for the year. And then if you want to do a family membership, it's just an extra 10 so it's $46 for the year. And you really get to meet some great people, some people that will encourage you and help you, give you tips. Absolutely. And, and explain yeah. things to you. I know for me, I've never been around a group of people that were so willing to see me succeed. They were all invested. I want to see the whole club, everybody here do well. There was not competition. You're not a real triathlete or anything like that. You feel so welcome in this group. Yeah. So I would totally recommend people I remember go when check you ran them out. that. When you ran that, Brandon, you were getting tips actually from Blanche. That's how you right. wound up on the show, by the way. Right. And uh, she, was <laughs> you, she was giving you tips for the next triathlon. Right. Like what exactly. kind of bike to get. Start you know, doing this. Bring her with that. you. Oh, She'll yeah, help you yeah. pick it out. He was right. like, oh, I'm going to go get me a bike now. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Because you can get really stuck. 
Somebody right. can really stick you. Don't go do that. Let's talk about this. Yep. And so, yeah, we look out for each said other that. big yeah. time. That was good. Even, uh, and I can't think of his name off the hand that owns the uh, the the pedal, uh, or not the pedal, but Bay Area um, Bikes here by Jason Tom. Still. Tom. Even Tom, yeah, who Tom. sells bikes, that's how he makes a living, yeah. told me, no, wait, here's what you want to do. And I told him, I said, well, Blanche was telling me that, you know, I need to look at this and look at that. And he goes, well, then do whatever Blanche says, because she knows exactly what wow. she's talking about. And I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot of companies and a lot of sports you can get into where they're like, oh, no, you got to spend a million dollars and buy all this greatest stuff. Nobody in the triathlon club acted that way to me at all. And so that was really cool. It was the opposite. <laughs> right. Yeah. So go check out Swim, Bike, Run cc.com and find out more about that come to meetings and get involved and just challenge yourself do like i did challenge yourself to do something you've never done before or challenge and Brandon. check it out challenge me give <laughs> us a call send us an email challenge me on that one yeah i'm so proud of you brandon super proud of you thank you i am too i i have to say that is physically the hardest thing i'd ever done but absolutely the most satisfying thing I'd ever done personally. I just felt like I, I set that goal and knocked it out in 30 days. And I just, I could not have been happier with the way it worked out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of these days, me and you, we're going to do an Ironman together. And then that's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Iron Man. There you go. That'll be fun. Well, thanks, Blanche, for joining us. I know that, uh, that, that you're, you're not feeling a hundred percent yet, but I know you will soon and we'll hopefully get to see you Sunday back at church and give our, our thanks to the family and especially to Jess. I know she was trying to help you get, uh, Skype yeah. going and, <laughs> and the hubby yeah. and everything, but <laughs> we'll do that another time. No big deal. Uh, thank you so much. You bet. And Take I will care. see you Sunday. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find a link for the article that was written about Blanche at our show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 071. There you'll also find the link for swimbikerunccc.com. And if you like what you heard in today's episode, share us with a family, a friend, a coworker, that neighbor across the street. And it's always a joy to have you with us. So we look forward to having you listen in again on episode 72. Take care and don't forget, make your own path and live life beyond the right. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.